Matthew chapter number 17. Uh, we'll read a couple verses and then I'll let you sit down, all right? While you're turning, while you're turning, I want to I say just a couple things. We have had a busy week this week. Uh, we had our, our microchurch summit. Most of y'all have, have heard me talking about Bondo Church and different, different little micro churches we've started around our community. Uh, if, if we can't get them here, we're going to go there. Say amen. And this week we had, we had pastors from all over the country, Washington State, uh, Oregon. Uh, we had some from Portland here. You know they need Jesus out there. Say amen. Uh, Minnesota, uh, Detroit, uh, North Carolina, uh, South Carolina. Oh, North Carolina people in here. Uh, uh, Georgia. We had two pastors fly up from Mexico. Yes. Yes. To visit this little redneck church to find out how to get the gospel to the people who don't have it. And it was phenomenal. Can we give the Lord praise and glory? Yes. Your, your staff, your staff that serves you every week, they went above and beyond the call of duty to minister to all these folks. And it was just incredible. We got to have a Bondo church baptism. We baptized three in the pond in front of the Bondo church. Yeah, give God praise right there. That was great. We'll be sharing more of that next week. Uh, and and I, I, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, uh, we, we are, you know, in our, we always do a project every year, right? We, we've done Nepal, we, we've done Nigeria uh, last year. Uh, this year is going to be a little different. This year, our target and our project is going to be the U.S. It's going to be the U.S. Uh, uh, we, we, the, the light that shines the farthest would shine the brightest at home. And I don't know if y'all recognize it or not, but our country's going to hell 100 miles an hour. So this year, we're going to target the homeland. And so y'all be praying about that. And, uh, and, and, and I, I know God's going God's to bless. Amen? Now, listen, one more thing before we read. Uh, it, it's, man, it's a good-looking crowd today. Good-looking crowd today. Now, if, if, if this many people gives you the willies, <clears throat> come to the second service. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just saying there's, there's more room in the second service. And if you need some space, if you're not getting enough space here uh, with what's going on right now, and I, I mean this is from the bottom of my heart, come to the second service. There's plenty of space. Uh, there's a lot more space than there is here. So don't not come. Don't just say, well, there's too many there. I won't come. No, 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 no. That's a cop out and that's an excuse. There's plenty of space. If this bothers you, then come to the second service and, and you can be all by yourself. Amen. There will be a spot somewhere in the building where nobody will be around you. All right. Amen. Matthew chapter 17. Let's look in verse 24. This is where we stopped last week. Uh, verse 24. Uh, and, 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 and it was good to be uh, at the Fairview campus last week. And uh, I, had, I was at the ball game Friday night. Uh, at West Point, and, and a young lady come up to me and said, Preacher, and I looked back, I said, How you doing, sis? She said, You was not in church Sunday. <laughs> I mean, just like that. And she demanded an explanation. <laughs> and the problem was, I couldn't remember where I was. <laughs> 
And I happened, it happened to dawn on me. Yes, I was at the Fairview campus, so I, I'm not sure that that explanation worked for her. But anyway, <laughs> you better be in church. They'll check up on you. Amen. All right, verse 24, verse 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they received tribute money. Uh, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast an hook. And take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. For me and thee. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be in your house. You you are doing some incredible things in this place through your people. And I am so proud. I was never... Never so proud of our people than this week when we, we just brought in people from all over the country and just loved on them and, and encouraged and ministered to them. Now, Lord, help us to start a movement in our country. Our country is, is going down so fast. And Lord, we've got to make a difference, Lord. If they're not going to come to us, we've got to go to them. I pray that your perfect will be done. Thank you for everybody that's here today. Lord, I know they came to, 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 to receive a word from you. And I pray they won't leave disappointed. I pray your perfect will be done. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. I pray that you don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. If you're taking notes, uh, if you're new with us, uh, we are proud that you're here. We are proud that you're here. And, And if you're not familiar... Uh, with what we've got around here, we've got some, uh, uh, some uh, I don't even know what you call them. What, what do you call where you get the, the outlines? Huh? Racks. There you go. There we go, Brother Dewan. We have got some racks on the walls that's got outlines in them all the way around the building. And uh, if you would like to follow along, if you'd like to follow along during the preaching and the teaching, just grab one of those outlines and it'll help you stay up with what we're doing. But if you do have one of those outlines, if you remember to grab one, let's just start with the first one. Here's how it's going to work, okay? Uh, The first point and the second point is going to be just kind of explaining these verses, okay? Explaining what's going on. And then the third point will be the message that we get from it, okay? It will be really, uh, so, so what that means is point one and point two will kind of be the introduction, uh, the, the, uh, the, just uh, explaining what's happening. And then the application, what we get from it, what we learn from these verses will be in point number three. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right. Now, let's look at what's going on. Uh, this is the, the disciples in the Lord Jesus have had a busy week. They're here now back at Capernaum and most likely are at Peter's house. This is where Peter's, uh, uh, his hometown was. This is where he lived. Uh, and, and the way it explains and the way it's drawn out in these verses, they're most likely at Peter's house. All right, Jesus is staying with Peter. The disciples have probably found other lodging elsewhere. Now, uh, uh, Jesus is in the house and Peter's on the outside and we have some people coming up to, to get the tribute money. Now, what was the tribute money? If you're taking notes, write this down. First, we see the issue. 
We see the issue, the issue at hand. What's the problem? What is the issue that we're talking about? Now, uh, in, in the book of Exodus, in the book of Exodus, when God designed the tabernacle, all right, when he designed the tabernacle, the place, the tent of meeting, uh, the place where God would come and dwell with them. He instituted the priesthood, if y'all will remember. He instituted the priesthood and basically the way of worship, the way that he expected his people to come and worship him. He instituted a tax. He instituted or a tribute, if you will, for the, the men to bring every year for the support of the tabernacle. Are y'all with me? In other words, for the operation of the tabernacle, it transferred over to the temple. And so every year they would go out a couple months before Passover because it was due on Passover and they would go out and collect the temple tax. Say that with me. The, that was the tribute. In other words, all the men of Israel was responsible for giving that tax for the operation and the running of the temple. Are y'all with me? Now, I need you to understand this part because it's not, it was not a governmental tax from the Romans. It was a religious tax that went to the temple. And this is important to get the understanding of what he's trying to teach us here. You got to get that, okay? It wasn't going to the Roman government. It was officers from the temple going around to the Jews collecting the temple tax for the operation of the temple. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, so they're coming, and most likely, most likely, this was a setup, the way it's explained, uh, because the, the Pharisees and the, the temple officers are trying, they were constantly trying to catch Jesus in doing something wrong, right? So they're trying to set him up, and they go to Peter. Uh, Peter's kind of the spokesman. He's kind of really the most important disciple there because he was the one that was kind of in the lead all, all the time. And they come to Peter and says, hey, Hey, does your master pay the tribute? Does your master pay the tribute? Is he, is he going to pay? All right. And so Peter says, yes. Yes. Most likely he's seen Jesus do it on, on multiple occasions. So he says, yes. Right. And then he comes into the house. He comes into the house. And this brings up number two. This brings up number two. We see, not only do we see the issue. Now, does everybody understand what the issue is? The temple taxes due and the, the officers from the temple are going into the villages and finding and bringing in that tax. And they come to, to Peter and they says, it basically is your master going to pay this. I know he says he's God, but is he going to pay this? I know he claims to be the Messiah. Is he going to pay this? All right. Here we have the confrontation. Well, Peter says, yes, he's going to pay it. Right. Does everybody understand the issue? All right. Now let's look at the instruction. Write that down. The instruction. What does Jesus say to Peter? Let's look in verse number, uh, verse number 25. Verse 25. He saith, this is Peter. He saith, yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him. Now the word prevented there, it means to initiate, initiate first. In other words, before Peter said a word, Jesus confronted him. Now, this says a lot. This shows his, his ability to know what's going on without being told. Are y'all with me? His omniscience. He was aware of the confrontation that happened outside of the house. Before Peter ever said a word, Jesus already knew what Peter was thinking. And, and, and apparently, the way it is worded, the way it is worded, Peter was wondering really about this whole thing. 
if he's the Messiah, if that temple is about him and for him, why, why would he have to pay the tax? Are y'all with me now? And so he's got all these things going on in his head. How many of y'all are glad that Jesus is constantly using everything for a teachable moment? A teachable moment. And so when Peter comes in, before Peter ever says anything, before Peter ever says, are we going to pay the tax? Or how are we going to pay this tax? He doesn't say anything. Jesus confronts him. He prevents him or he initiates the conversation first. Now let's see what Jesus says to Peter. The Bible says, he prevented him saying... What thinkest thou, Simon? In other words, there's something going on in Peter's head. He he is really contemplating this whole deal. Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Custom or tribute. Now, one, one of those, one of those is on materials. In other words, the tax, the customs is taxes on what you buy. Are y'all with me? Tribute is the individual tax on the person. If everybody understands that, say amen. All right, so he's explaining how things work in a country. Citizens, right? Now, let's look at this. Of whom do the kings of the earth take customer tribute? Of their own? Come on, there's a reason he's saying this. Of their own? Or of? Strangers. Now, in that day, in that day, most every governmental system was by a dictator, or by an individual king. You really didn't find any democracies here in, in, in the Bible times. There was either a Pharaoh, there was either a Caesar, uh, there was somebody who was the main big kahuna. Are y'all with me? And usually it was passed down in the family. Okay, so you had one ruler, one main leader, uh, one main person, and it was passed down by the family. When he died, his son would come to throne and come to power. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So he's asking this. This is basically what he's asking. He says, when the king forces a tax on people, does he tax his own children or does he tax strangers? Does everybody understand that? You see what he's asking here? Now, this is an obvious question. Watch this. Watch this. Look at Peter's reply. He says, Peter saith unto him of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, there then are the children, what? Free. free. Then are the children free. Now, this is an obvious answer, right? This is an obvious answer. Obviously, the king doesn't charge his own family tax. The tax is for the support of his family and his rulership. Does that make sense? And he says, well, obviously, he takes tax from everybody but his family. So what that means is, what that means is, is his family is not obligated to the tax. What tax are we talking about? Temple tax. Temple tax. But the... Y'all with me? I'm going somewhere. He says, then the children are, okay, now let's get to the third one, the implication. What does this mean for us? And let, I'm going to give you four quick things real quickly. What does this mean for us? There's more to this story. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I love outlines that jump out and, and shout it out and get down with it. You know, I mean, I, I, I like it when things stand out. But I, I read this. I, I can't tell you how many times. Brother Sam, multiple, multiple times. And I'm saying, Lord, what are we going to get out of this? I mean, I just don't see how I'm going to be able to, you know, but oh, boy, was I wrong. Was I wrong? Jesus is using this as a teachable moment. He's given an illustration and an example of being a good citizen. Being a good citizen. Now, I don't know if y'all, y'all pay attention or not, but we got some citizens in this country that don't know how to be a good citizen. And I'm, I'm seeing all, all the stuff about uh, certain authorities need more training, but what I'm seeing is, is citizens need more training. And children need more whoopings. There's no, anyway, I'm not going to go there. I want too bad. I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Lord, just stop me right there. Get back to the message. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What do we learn from this? What's the implication of this story and what Jesus has just taught Peter? First of all, first of all, if you're writing this down, here, here's our four points we want to take home with us and, and apply. First week, what do we recognize about Jesus here? And this is all about, how many of y'all know everything's about Jesus? I mean, if you go to church and Jesus is not mentioned, Jesus is not talked about, and Jesus is not the focus, you didn't go to church. It's all about Jesus. He was our Savior. He was our prime example of living. We are to be like Jesus. Amen? I shared this, I shared this with the, the, the pastors that were here this week. Everything we are is to be like Jesus. We, we, we love to quote Romans 8, 28, right? All things work together for good to them to love the Lord, them that are called according to his purpose. But too many of us don't read the next verse, right? Verse 29. It says, for whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. What that means in verse 28 is all things are going to work for his purpose. The good things, the bad things, the, the happy things, the sad things in our life are going to work on us to conform us to the image of his son. In other words, everything in our life, God is using to make us more like Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Are y'all with me? The Bible says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Be like Jesus. So let's be like Jesus in this. What was Jesus? First we see, A, if you're writing this down, I want you to see this. Jesus was not obligated. When it came to this temple tax, Jesus was not Obligated. That's what he's teaching. That's what he's teaching Peter here. You say, how do you know? Look what it says in John 2, verse 14 and 16. John 2, verse 14. The Bible says that Jesus goes to Jerusalem and found in the temple. Okay, so where is he at? He's in the temple. What kind of tax are we talking about? It's in the temple, right? The temple tax. Okay, so Jesus in this verse is at the temple. If that's clear, say amen. amen. Now look at verse 14. Or excuse me, uh, uh, look at verse 16. And he said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence, make not, watch this, make not my 
father's house. He is standing in the, and he calls it his. Y'all not getting it. He's standing in the, and he calls it his. That means Jesus is a member of the. The tax is for the temple. The father's house. Does the father tax the family or strangers? That's right. So the children are free. So what Jesus is laying down for Peter to understand, look, I'm not obligated to this tax. Because I'm a member of the. Yeah. See, y'all are getting all happy now and giddy. Wait, I go to two. Mm-hmm. B. Can we understand now? Have we learned? Jesus is not obligated. He don't have to. I mean, let's think about it. The whole point of the temple is so they can have a relationship with Jesus. Everything in the temple pointed to Jesus. Every festival pointed to Jesus. Every feast pointed to Jesus. Everything they did in the temple was pointing to Jesus. But yet, anyway, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Jesus is saying, I don't have to pay this. I'm a member of the. Now we all on the same page. But watch this. This is so important. This is so important. Especially in our day. Not only was Jesus not obligated. Look at, the, look, look, look at this. What's the first word? What's the first word in 27? Verse 27. Notwithstanding. Let me, let me put it in Alabama terms. Even though I'm not obligated. I don't have to do this. I'm not obligated to this tax. I'm a member of the family. Notwithstanding, watch this. Here, here's, here's an important, important matter of fact. I've got everything highlighted in this one sentence. I, I, I've got, gotten underlined so it'll stand out to me. Lest we should offend them. Lest we should offend them. A, Jesus was not obligated. B, Jesus cared about offending. Jesus cared about offending. When you write that down, look at me. I got to hurry. How many of you, how many of you have heard this phrase? You may have said this right. I don't care what nobody thinks about me. I'm, I'm at funerals a lot. And I hear people get up and talk about their loved ones and, and, and their family members. And, and, and in, in the, the effort to describe their family member, they talk about it as if this is a positive. Well, I tell you what, Granny Mabel sure wasn't afraid to give you a piece of her mind. She didn't care what nobody thought. And everybody, and everybody would, yeah, and laugh and think like it's a positive thing. I see it all the time. 
I see it all the time where, where people describe because we're free and because we're in America, we have our rights. I have a right to say whatever I want to say. I have a right to be whatever I want to be. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Well, Jesus didn't feel that way. That's not the way Jesus operated. Watch this. Jesus cared about offending. What is offending? It means causing one to stumble. Causing one to stumble. Look what it says in Proverbs 18, 19. A brother, come on. A brother is harder to be one than a. See, Jesus cared about winning them. Jesus cared about his testimony. Jesus cared about what he did and how he operated and what he said and what people reflected with him. He didn't want to offend them. I didn't come to offend them. I came to win them. Now, now, did he offend with some of his words? Absolutely, because there's people that like darkness rather than light. But it wasn't, it wasn't, an, it, basically the people that got offended was the ultra-religious people who were so wicked, it, it, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Are y'all with me? But he says, lest we offend them. Watch this. Let me show you how seriously Jesus took this. Matthew 18, 6. But whoso shall, come on, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, if it were better for him that a millstone was hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. A millstone was one of them big rolling rocks that they ground meal with. He said, you would be better off tied out around your neck and dump you in the ocean than offend somebody from keeping relationship with me. That's how seriously Jesus took this. All right, watch Paul, 1 Corinthians 8.10. 1 Corinthians 8.10. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Now let me explain that. Paul is, Paul is discussing and, and talking about uh, meat that was, was basically sacrificed to false gods. All right. In that, in Corinth, they would take, they would take calves or, or beef and they would sacrifice it in a false temple. And after, after they did that, then they would take the meat and sell it in the marketplace. So basically what it was, was uh, religious barbecue. I mean, that's all it was. It was barbecued meat. Now, this is the problem. This is the problem. Mature Christians who understood there was no such thing as a false god, there's only one God, that all that was just foolishness. All this is is burnt meat. And so they didn't have a problem buying the meat and consuming the meat. But baby Christians who didn't know any better, they looked at that as it was tainted meat and that you shouldn't buy that meat because that meat was offered to a false god so you shouldn't... Okay, they didn't understand. They were immature. They hadn't, they hadn't developed in their spiritual walk to understand this was just meat. Well, this is what Paul is saying. He said, there's nothing wrong with this meat. There's nothing wrong with eating this meat. But when your brother thinks it's bad and you eat it in front of him, causing him to stumble, you should not eat the meat. Well, I have a right. 
I'm not obligated to their false understanding of truth. Well, Paul says you are. Let me, let me put it this way. There's some of y'all, there's some, there's some folks that have read this Bible and they believe you shouldn't eat pork. You shouldn't eat pork. Now, if, if you have them and invite them over, then you don't need to have fried pork chops. Lest you cause your brother to stumble. Now, why, is, why am I? I know you all are thinking, well, this, this, is, this is silly. No, 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 no. I don't think you're picking up what I'm putting down. We are living in such a, I have my rights. I don't care what nobody thinks. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I have mine. Well, Jesus had all the rights in the world. But you know what he did? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no. Now, you know what that means? He is God. He is deity. He is deserving of all the glory, all of the pomp and circumstance. But he didn't selfishly hold on to that. He willingly set that aside, set aside his privileges, set aside his rights and became a slave. Watch this. Who had no rights. And the Bible says, let this mind be in you. Let me put it down this way. If you're going to think like Jesus thinks... If you're going to have the mind of Christ in this matter, your, your rights are not more important than your testimony. If you're demanding your rights and it causes someone to miss heaven, you've missed it. Jesus said, I am not obligated to this tax, notwithstanding. There's something more important than my right. Jesus had every right to say, I'm not paying this because I'm not obligated because I'm a member of the. But you know what Jesus said? I forfeit my right. Because I don't want to offend them. I want to reach them. Are y'all with me? Now watch, it's going to get better. Some of y'all, some of y'all. Facebook warriors on here, y'all, y'all selling up on me. Come on. What happened? A, Jesus was not. Come on. Jesus was not. But, but B, Jesus cared about offending. So what did Jesus do? C, what did Jesus do? He submitted to the ordinance. Write that down. He submitted to the ordinance. He says, because I care about their soul. And, and the, 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 the chance that we may offend them and cause them to stumble. I'm going to submit to something I'm not obligated to. Now let's apply this. It's like Paul. Paul said, Paul said, I can eat anything I want to eat. I have a right. I can take the Bible and show you I can eat anything I want to eat. But 
if it's going to cause somebody to miss Jesus, I'm not going to eat it. Period. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because someone's soul is more important than my rights. Jesus submitted to the ordinance. Now watch this. What are we to do? First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that means behavior, the word conversation means behavior, that whereas they speak evil or speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which shall, they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Watch what he says. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the as supreme or unto the as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. You know what he's saying there? Let me put it in really, 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 really simple terms. One of the greatest ways you have an opportunity to, to reach unreached people is to be a good citizen. Did you hear me not say a good Christian? I said a good citizen. If you're going to be a good Christian, then you have to be a good citizen. You have to follow the law. You have to pay what's due. Let me let me read some more. Boy, y'all, y'all, ooh, help us, Jesus. Romans 13, let every, how many is that? Look at your neighbor and say, you and every. That means all of us, right? Watch this. Let every soul be subject under the higher powers. Now, I know what you're thinking. That higher power is God. No, it's not. It's your pastor. It's your mayor, it's your governor, it's your senator. I know it's going to shock some of y'all, your president. Well, as long as he's one of mine. No, that's not what it says. Let me keep reading. For there is, how many? But of. Now, this is going to come to a shock, as a shock to some of y'all. But do y'all realize, do y'all realize if God did not want it, Trump would not be president? Now, a lot of y'all going to shout over that. But let me tell you this. If God didn't want Obama president, he wouldn't have been president. I was talking to somebody yesterday. What are we going to do, preacher? I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I've been doing. Because if Biden gets in, God let him. If Trump gets in, God let him. Whoever in, now that don't mean I'm not going to vote. And I'm going to vote my conscience. And I'm going to be a good citizen and do what I have the privilege of doing because somebody died so I can. But whoever gets in there, God let him. 
There is, the, this verse says there is no power but of, but of God. Okay, now, the powers that be are ordained of God. The government over us is ordained of God. The ability to govern, the program of government. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then be afraid of the power? Wilt thou not be afraid of the power? Do that which is, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, wherefore, ye must needs be subject, submit. Not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause, pay ye tribute also. For they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. Jesus submitted to the ordinance. He was being an example of a good citizen. Now I know what some of you are thinking. Because I'm psychic. I'm kidding. But I do know what you're thinking. It's an evil government. Listen, it don't matter if there's an R in the White House or a D in the White House. They all crooked. And here's the thing. The evil that is in our government is unprecedented. On both sides of the aisle. And so here's what we, well, and I'm I'm not obligated because they're evil. Watch this. Watch this. Everybody paying attention. I don't want to lose nobody because you get in politics and you start to get soul up. Don't listen. I wonder what Jesus thought about that. Well, I'm not going to pay because they're evil. No, no, no. Do you realize that he paid the tax to the people that crucified him? You don't think they were evil? He paid the tax to the people that he had to go in and turn tables upside down and say, don't make my father's house a house of merchandise. He paid the tax to the people he called serpents. Who he called wide sceptics. You look good on the outside, but you're full of dead men's bones. He knew they were wicked. He knew they were evil, but you know what he did? He paid it anyway. Chew on that a little bit. He didn't pay it because they deserved it. He wasn't a good citizen because the government deserved his good citizenship. He was a good citizen so that he could win and not offend. That's quotable right there. He was a good citizen 
so he could win and not offend. Church, say amen. Now watch this. Here, let's, let's, let's finish it up. Some of y'all look like y'all can't take much more. Let's, 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 let's review. A. Let's, let's review. Jesus was not obligated. Can we all agree on that? He was a member of the? Even though Jesus was not obligated, something was more important. Jesus cared about offending, right? So, because he cared about offending, Jesus submitted to the, the ordinance. He did. Watch this. He did what he was not obligated to do. And by the way, can we take that just a little further? He who knew no sin. Listen, he was not obligated to the cross because he was not a sinner. Man, if I get hot. Mm. He didn't deserve the cross. He was not a sinner. We deserve the cross. See, I don't like this preaching. Well, then you don't like salvation then. Because he was not obligated to the cross, yet he fulfilled the cross so we who were obligated could go free. Church, say amen. Watch this, watch this. Let's finish. He submitted to the ordinance, which required Peter to be submitted to the ordinance. Verse 27. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. Go thou to the sea, cast in hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and Jesus supplied the offering. Jesus supplied the offering. Now there's two things I want you to apply to this. Two truths here. One... Jesus is once again proving that he's God. Now, if you don't believe that, you take a hook and go to Smith Lake. And the first fish that comes up, tell me what's in his mouth. A hook. Y'all with me? Only God... To put a coin in a fish's mouth. So once again, he's showing I'm not obligated because I'm a member of the, I'm God. And by the way, this was, this was the only time recorded that he did something supernatural to pay this tax. So he's not, don't, don't, don't think, don't think. Anyway, anyway, anyway. But here's the, here's, the, here's the application I want you to take home. Here's the application I want you to take home. Okay? Everybody paying attention? Now, there, I don't think there's nothing else to write, is there? Y'all didn't write? Well, then put your papers down. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody wave at me just a second. Wave at me just a second. Okay. I'm going to make sure you're awake. You know, this early service is rough. We're going to start serving Red Bull at the coffee shop. Here's the thing. What do we learn from this? What do we learn from this? 
that Jesus, who is not obligated to it, yet he cares about his ministry, he cares about his witness, he cares more about winning than his own rights, so he submits to this ordinance, and then he, then he supernaturally pays the offering? So what do we take from this? Here's what I want you to go home with. How many of y'all... How many of y'all would agree with me that sometimes there are things that God asks of us or requires from us that's hard? God says, love your enemy. Now, some of y'all are just acting way too righteous this morning. He's asking us to love our enemy. We can't even get through traffic. Come on. You let somebody give you the California high sign in the middle of traffic and see what you do. I need a witness. So don't look at me like God has never asked us to do something hard. How about forgive somebody unlimited times? Not seven times, 70 excuse me, seven times, like Peter said. But Jesus is basically an unlimited. You tell me that's not hard? Then you've not been wounded before. I'm telling you, there are things that's more important than our rights. And sometimes giving up our rights for the sake of somebody that we don't even know. Come on, guys, get with me. That's difficult. But the good thing is this. Whatever Jesus asked of you, he has the ability to give you power to do it. If Jesus is telling Peter, pay this tax, he gave them the power and the ability to get it done. What does that mean to me? Eric, what that means to me, if God asked me to do something hard, he's going to help me do it. Bottom line. If God asked me to be a good citizen and give up my rights for the sake of somebody else that needs Jesus, he's going to give me the ability to do it. If God asked me to sacrifice and give up a certain amount of money to, to, for a cause that's going to win people to Christ, he's going to give me the money to pay it. If he asked me to forgive somebody that's hurt me deeply, he's going to give me the ability to do it. So no matter what, guys, let this mind be in you, which was also in what was his mind. He gave up his rights. He did something he was not obligated to do for the sake of winning others. Paul says, I become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Let's let let this crooked world keep demanding their rights. And I I love my rights as an American. I'm proud to be an American. I'm glad I was born here than any place in the country. It's still, I don't care. It's still the best country in the whole world. People are killing themselves trying to get in this country. I don't see a whole lot of people fleeing this country. Even though they, anyway, anyway. (laughs) 
I'm going to move. I, let's take up an offering. Let's help them. Let's help them. Let's get them out. Anyway, anyway. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I, I, I don't want to lose any, not one single right that's afforded us by our Constitution. What I am saying is be willing to see the needs in others first. You, 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 listen, it's not about me. It's about others. I don't have to do some of the things I'm doing. But they need to be saved. They need to hear the gospel. I know this is going to sound weird, but just I, I got to say it in a way that you get it and you understand. I'm giving up some prime coon hunting time. But you know what? Seeing those men be baptized in that old dirty pond. One of them come out with a stick on his cheek. I said, oh God, it's a leech. Scared me to death. I'm telling you, I was so proud to see what God is doing. What's God going to ask you to give up for the sake of someone else? If we're going to be like Jesus, we got to be willing to. And all God's people say it.